being an authority in the marketplace. People look at, look to you as an authority and a, a trustworthy authority. This is Adam Adams. And if you're syndicating deals, you need to be at the first annual Raising Money Summit in Denver. Go now. This two-day event on November 17th and 18th will sell out. If you get your ticket today, you'll save $100. Go to realbluespruce.com slash OPM. That's all lowercase. Again, that's realbluespruce.com slash OPM. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams. We're for a treat, guys, because we've got Matt Skinner in the house. How's it going, Matt? Awesome, man. How you doing? I'm thrilled. I'm really happy to have you. You've done a lot of big things. And for those who are listening to kind of get us started, Matt is currently living in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's lived all over. Okay, so he's from LA. He grew up in LA. He's got houses all over the country. Uh, <laughs> but right now, he likes the tax shelter of Nashville. So it's kind of interesting. He's going to be making that his permanent residence. I love it. One thing that you might not have known is there's not too many people out there in this business that didn't get started within the last three years. But Matt's actually been involved since the year 2000. He was, at the time, he was a construction worker, digging ditches every single day in the hot, hot sun. And he said, there's got to be more. So he found this education platform uh, that was coming through town. I guess it cost him 5000 He said to me right before we started this recording that it took him two credit cards just so he could pay for it. And that was all about lease options, subject to all this kind of stuff that we teach on this show. So I asked, I said, hey, Matt, what's your superpower? He goes, creative real estate deals. That's my superpower. So that's perfect. I'm glad to have you. One of the things that we will talk about today is this development project that he bought. And we'll get into the rest of it, but it sounds like he's going to make millions upon millions upon millions for a half acre lot. Guys, if you're, if you're imagining this being like three or four million, you're already wrong. <laughs> a lot more than that. So let's get into that. Matt, what did I miss? Is there something you want to share with the listeners about your background? Well, uh, thank you for that introduction. That was uh, uh, very thorough, actually. Um, I would just say you know, making that initial investment in that training was so such a pivotal moment in my life. I mean, I didn't have $5,000. It might have might as well have been $5 million because I had to literally put credit cards together. I made the investment. And, and one of the probably key motivators of doing that was that I had to have, I had to succeed. Like it had to work. There was no, I hope this guy's stuff works. I hope he's right. I hope I'm not going because if I didn't make money from what I learned, I couldn't pay that bill. And that was just, that was it. So talk about motivation. And sometimes, you know, oftentimes we as humans are more willing to move away from pain than we are to move towards pleasure. And so I still use this with my sales team. I use people that work with me. We talk about how do we set up a situation where we can create, you know, create a painful experience if we don't do what we say we're going to do. And so, uh, you know, we talk, we, we do a lot of that kind of accountability stuff. So that was one of my very first experiences with, with, uh, with that, making that investment in my education. I really like that. And I think you're absolutely right. A lot of people don't really do much until they're backed into a corner, until they have to get out of the pain. Uh, they, a lot of people aren't as motivated just for getting something. They, they, most people don't want to lose something more than they care to gain something. So I really That's like that. It's very smart. 
So let's talk a little bit about this giant deal that you're doing. It's only a half an acre. Yes. You bought it for 11.4 million. Why on earth would you spend $11.4 million? <laughs> Investment. We didn't spend it. We invested it. <laughs> awesome. So let's, let's go into that. Let's, let's talk about what you're, what you're doing and, and what made you get into this deal. Sure. It's 25,000 square feet in Newport Harbor. Uh, that's in Orange County, California. It's the last virgin piece of property, meaning it's never been developed. It's the, only, the last piece of property on the water that's never been developed in the harbor. And it has the largest private dock on the whole entire western seaboard, all the way from Canada to Mexico. So giant, giant dock. Used to be a pier. That's how, it got, that's how the previous owner was able to build such a large dock, um, which is very, very valuable, by the way. There's a place where two guys, two boats, two yacht, two 100-foot yachts can dock at this property, which makes it very uh, unusual. Anyhow, um, man, we got a refer, uh, a friend of a friend referred us to the guy who owned it, um, said, you know, the guy mentioned he was interested in selling it finally after owning it for a bunch of years. And the, the guy who referred us said, you know, I think, uh, you know, Matt and his group, you know, they, they, they're closers. They do what they say they're going to do and they close deals. When they say they're gonna, they can close, they close. And that's really important to establish a relationship in this business. And because of that, the guy was willing to talk to us about this, about buying it. It's probably one of the most desirable pieces of residential real estate in the world uh, with all the things that we just mentioned. It's got a white sandy beach, largest private dock, amazing westerly view so you can watch the sunset. And um, we invested $11.4 million to buy it, half of which was seller financed. All right. I am mm -hmm. glad to hear that. Okay. So it's, uh, you got it seller finance. How did you, how did you ask for that or how did that come up? Well, I mean, first and foremost, um, we just, I just asked for it. Um, it was 11.4 million. We ended up, um, coming in and putting, uh, $5.4 million down and he carried 6 million at 6% uh, interest. And what's actually another cool story about this project is the guy who sold it to us donated all the money. So, I mean, I said, man, someday if I can donate $11 million, then, then you know you've really arrived, right? <laughs> Financially. Hmm, wow. Pretty powerful. So, so the, he, sorry, on the $6 million, which I guess is today, it's probably still a note. Is that accurate? We've paid it off. Okay. It's all paid off. And so where did you get the 11 million to pay off, you know, just to, I guess, and get involved in it with the 5.4 and then the other six, where, where did you get that and how did you structure it? Sure. Well, initially I have two partners that I raised uh, capital with for the initial offering. And then we went out and we syndicated the back end of it. So we had syndicated the last uh, several million dollars to pay off the, the, the balance of the note. And so it's, um, you know, one partner, has a large percentage and another partner has another large percentage. And then we have about 30 people who all have invested a couple hundred thousand dollars a piece, uh, which totaled up to several million uh, dollars. And that's how we financed that. We just closed the bank loan for construction a few months ago when we started. It's a $20 million construction loan at five and a quarter percent. And that's a, that's a pretty great construction loan. If you know anything about construction loans, it's a great rate. All right. So, you have 11.4 million into this of equity, um, about 20 million in debt that's going for the construction. I assume there's draws. Is that accurate? You have to do something and then you get paid back for it. That's exactly how construction works. Okay. So 
Are you, so did you have to raise a little bit more than the 11.4 to be able to put some of this down before you can get the back end from the lender? Yeah, um, yes and yes. So we put up a little bit, a little bit more than 11.4 to do the architecture, do the subdivision, to pay the fees, um, to carry the, the, the note on the $6, uh, $6 million, um, which worked out to be like a little over $30,000 a month. Pretty, pretty big, uh, pretty big nut to crack for yeah, sure. Wow. Okay, perfect. So a few questions are coming up here. Number one is you bought a loft, but we talked about before the show started that you're actually building two $10,000, 10,000 square foot homes on this one lot. Is that right? So did you have to subdivide it? We did subdivided it into, uh, well, two lots, obviously, and we designed uh, subterranean parking. So there'll be six car parking underneath. And then um, basically it's technically two stories, but there's a, a basement with maids quarters and bonus room, a six car parking below. And then there's also, which would essentially be a third floor, will be like a lookout area. It has a, uh, a jacuzzi, a fireplace, a full kitchen, and a cool place to hang out on the roof and watch the sunset uh, over the water. So they're really, really well-designed homes. Uh, Brandon Architecture did the, did the architecture there, and they just did an amazing job. Awesome. When, when you were getting into the syndication and raising the 200K per person from around 30 people, what did that look like for you and your company, and how did you structure that, and did you use an attorney? I know that's a few questions, but uh, kind of give us some idea of what it looked like when you did that syndication. Sure. And we always use an attorney, uh, for every deal. Um, you know, I know that once you have a, a private placement put together, you could probably repurpose it, but I mean, we just use an attorney for every deal. It's worth it to have them drafted and, and write it, write it well, get it registered and filed properly. Um, we just, you know, it's called fractionalized equity. Um, I didn't learn this from going to MBA school. In fact, I actually went and spoke at Harvard Business School and taught how, I actually used this deal as a case study and taught them how I raised this capital. I have a video on that on YouTube um, and it taught the Harvard MBA students how we raised the money here. But um, it's fractionalized equity. So, you know, imagine a pizza pie, right? You've got a, a good circle, that's your pie, and we slice it up into little pieces and each slice of pie is worth a certain amount of dollars, maybe $10,000 or $100,000, whatever you set that as. And you go around to your friends, family, and business associates and sell them a slice of your pizza pie. And you know, you start out determining how many slices am I gonna keep for doing all this work? And how many slices are they gonna get? And, and we balance all of that by risk and reward, right? They need to make a, a risk-worthy reward for investing in the project. And so we, we base our, our uh, uh, you know, the size of the slices of pie uh, based on what, what kind of reward they would get for, for making that investment. Um, in this case, uh, the returns on this deal are pretty phenomenal. It's going to cost about $10 million to construct two homes. That's $500 a square foot a piece, uh, about $12 million in the dirt and the plans. And so we're, we'll be all in at $22 million. So you can see that even if we paid cash for construction, that's a hundred percent return on investment. If we sell two for 22 million before closing costs, of course, rough, you know, rounding these numbers out. Fantastic deal. I mean, it's phenomenal, but, um, you know, like I said, it's been, we've owned this for two years. It's been a process going into this thing for, uh, for a couple of years. 
How much longer will it be, do you think, for the sale of it? Well, we're in construction now, and it's probably going to be a 16-month um, cycle to get it built. Um, but typically on our higher-end custom homes, uh, we're, we're going to list, you know, we'll put them out to the market, uh, usually right about where we start uh, framing gets finished. People will start to put drywall in. Sometimes buyers, uh, especially at that caliber of home, are probably going to want to use their, uh, pick, all, pick some of their finishes. Um, and it's customary in this size home. Um, to have the furniture custom designed for the house as well. So you'll pick your tile and your couches and your window coverings and all of it will be custom designed to, to match, you know, each other and match, match it in the house. That's, that's really, really cool. So all in, it sounds like you're saying around 22 million all in and then sell price is 22 million per side. So essentially in less than four years, you're about doubling investors money getting pretty close to it you're making a great chunk for you as well and you're able to negotiate you know seller finance i can tell that one of your superpowers really is negotiation it's understanding people and giving people what they want um so based on that story that we're going through you're you're obviously really really good at making deals making deals work for a lot of different people so I really would like to get into that. When we go into the final five and we're talking about another creative deal, I'd like to have one that really enhances that and, and brings that to light for somebody whose superpower is not structuring deals to allow them mm -hmm. to kind of know how is it that he's structuring these deals for people, finding win-win solutions where some, a lot of times other people wouldn't be able to do anything with it. So I've got a question. You have raised money from two big money partners for the original, I think 5.4. And then you raise money from 30 ish other people for around 200 K each. And I don't think we said it during the interview yet, but you did mention that you have a substantial equity fund that you have in place. Is any of that equity fund being involved in this deal? No, that's all for multifamily, our multifamily portfolio. Um, over the last couple of years, we've sold off over a thousand units in Texas. Uh, we rode that market from 2009 until just a couple of years ago where we sold off most of our assets. I mean, we were buying doors at 25, 28,000 a door in Dallas uh, in uh, you know, 2009 and 2010. We did pretty well there. Um, but, um, and, it's, and it's a fantastic market, by the way. Um, so... The, we, we have a couple of products for as far as investment vehicles. We have one we call a high yield real estate bond and it's like any other bond. You put your money in for a term and we have a six month, a 12 month and an 18 month term. And you put, you buy the bond and the bond pays out a specified interest rate for that term. So if you invest for six months, it pays an 8% annual return. If you invest for 12 months, you get a 10% annual return. And if you invest for, 18 months, you get a 12% annualized return and uh, reasoning using that capital for down payments and flips and putting deposits down on properties and, and things like that. Uh, but then we also offer equity investments, which comes back to that pizza pie I was talking about. We'll buy an asset and we'll divide it up into slices and sell those shares in the asset. Um, and we'll primarily do that on a, um, on a uh, proper, you know, project by project basis. 
So okay. when somebody buys a share, they know that they're getting a piece of that building. Whereas the bond is backed by our entire portfolio, uh, just like bonds would be. Awesome. And I only had one last lingering question for you on some of this. And it came up again just a moment ago. And what that is, is you talked earlier about raising 200K per person for 30 different individuals, which is actually pretty substantial. A lot of, a lot of syndications are getting 50 to 100, maybe 150. So 30 individuals all at two is, is actually quite a bit, um, at least in my mind it is. So one of the things that you said when you mentioned that is that you'll go around to friends and family to raise that money. Are you doing a 506B offering just where it's only your friends and family, whether they're accredited or not? Or are you doing 506C accredited only? So that's a great question. And thank you for that, uh, for allowing me to clarify. Um, uh, 506C is, is uh, a Reg D 506 is the um, is our offering documents. Um, we typically are using where you can have 35 sophisticated investors is the typical model, although we have used different models. I, I at one point in time had an equity fund where it was a, a blind pool. Uh, the bond is a little bit different product, but most of our assets fall under that, that category. Um, we typically have a $50,000 minimum investment for our, our uh, multifamily deals and a $100,000 minimum investment for our development deals. But our, our average investor usually invests between two and 300 grand a piece. Um, and so, you know, that the 200,000 wasn't a minimum. It was kind of like what the average investor put in into that deal. Okay. Got it. Got it. So let me ask you one question that I think the entire audience wants to know is where are your, where are these 200 to 300 K average investors? Where are you meeting them? Are they from Los Angeles and how do we uh, copy you in and find these same type of people? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of relationship building. Uh, I mean, you're doing it right now. Um, you know, just be being an authority in the marketplace. People look at, look to you as an authority and a, a trustworthy authority. The fact that you're happy, that you're disciplined in your podcast on a regular, consistent basis just demonstrates your ability to be uh, accountable and to be reliable. And that's what people want to invest in. I mean, you don't have to have amazing, you know, grand slam deals every time people just want to know that you're not going to, you're not going to lie to them. You know, you yeah. know, you're going to tell them the truth and that when shit hits the fan, you're going to tell them the truth. <laughs> and cause it, here's the thing, the shit will hit the fan every project. If it didn't, they wouldn't need you, right? <laughs> if everything just went perfect all the time, they wouldn't need a guy to be there to handle it, to shovel the shit when it, when, when it flies. And so that's why people invest in you and invest with you because you, they look to you as the person who can solve problems stand in the fire, take the heat and make things happen when other people would fold. And that's what the, that's what they look for. So, uh, we do a, a lot of marketing. I ran four, uh, meetups in Los Angeles for many, many years. Uh, we'd have 60 or plus people at every meetup. And I said four in one city because the city is so spread out and crazy. You know, you would, it's a two hour drive to get from one side of LA to the other side, uh, especially on a weeknight. And so we had this like, uh, you know, a tour, a tour that we uh, you know, pack up the truck and bring all our stuff down and do, do an event, four locations a month. Um, just two years ago, we started doing more stuff digitally, so we don't have to do that dog and pony show anymore. Um, you know, hanging out where people, there's, a, I'll give you a good tip. There's a book called How to Marry Rich. 
Now, if you're married and you bring this book home, make sure you call ahead and tell your spouse <laughs> that you've got this book for investment purposes. But it's a great book. It's all about networking with high, you know, high income, high wealth uh, people. And it's kind of, you know, kind of funny and it's kind of a tongue in cheek thing. But uh, it was some good advice that I got a long time ago. And I'll recommend that too. grab the book, How to Marry Rich. And it's all about how to network and, uh, and connect with people. I mean, obviously for uh, you know, uh, marital reasons in that regard, but it's all, it's all the same, right? Because when we ask somebody or we invite somebody to invest with us, we're getting married, you know, we're making a commitment and, and sometimes it's even more of a commit, more serious of a commitment than some people actually take a real marriage. Like I, I've got financial obligations to you. I've got, we're going to be in this together with tax purposes. I've, I'm going to, I have to do what I say I'm going to do and I'm going to have to be faithful. And, um, and so it really is uh, akin to, uh, get married when, when you partner up with some people or, or even invite them into your syndication. And that's how we treat it. We treat it very seriously. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do this for 17 years if, you know, if we're out there uh, not doing what we said we we're going to do. Uh, I love everything that you said, shared just now. There's a lot of wisdom in that. And so I, I did type in how to marry rich. It's uh, basically how to network with high net worth individuals. Do you know the author of that? I don't offhand, okay. but she was like on Oprah. This book was crazy in like 85. You get, you'll, you'll find the book, you know, okay. probably out of print, but it's, it's a clever little book. One thing that I would do if we had a whole bunch of time is I'd really dive into the different structures that you've done. Maybe we'll bring you back, but I would love to dive into what is the bond versus your other types of structures? Because you mentioned, I feel like you mentioned like four different uh, money raising structures already on the podcast. And diving into that, I love this six month, 8%, 12 month, 10%, uh, 18 months, 12% on the bond. I think we could learn a lot more for you, from you. So if you ever came back, I think that's what we would dive into. Sure. But it is time for the final five. I, I like these questions. So let's get right into it. But we do have a quick word from our sponsor. Remember, we have a live deal in Atlanta, and we're very excited to close this property in Atlanta with you. If you'd like to be a part of this, it is a 506C accredited investors only. So you could be part of the general partnership and raise a little bit of money with us. Or if you are accredited, this is a great opportunity to have 400 plus doors to your name. So without further ado, let's get back into the episode. Matt Skinner, what is the most creative deal you've done? Wow, this, it's actually difficult to explain because they're kind of funny. I had a situation where I had a couple who were ordered by the court. They're getting divorced, ordered by the court to sell their uh, over 200 units uh, building, apartment complex. And now uh, the property management company uh, tipped me off to this. I had been using them on a different property. They said, hey, I got this building you might be interested in. Um, they've been, it's, it's been going down the tubes. It needs a bunch of work. Uh, and literally the property management lady said, you know, the wife says he's been spending all, taking all the cash and spending it at the strip club. And the, and, and the husband says, Oh, that's you know bullshit. She's been taking all the money and buying, buying shoes with the money. And anyway, either way, it wasn't going back in the property. Long story short is they had a, uh, a yield maintenance uh, arrangement on their loan. And according to this deal, there was essentially a $980,000 prepayment penalty if we paid off the loan. Now these folks were ordered to sell. So they were faced with about a $1.6 million in equity or so they thought. 
And if they sold the property outright, they'd have to pay a real estate broker. Or if I should say, if they sold the property traditionally, they'd pay a real estate broker, which would eat up a bunch of their equity, and pay the million dollar prepayment penalty and closing costs. And they'd pretty much have nothing. And the whole point of selling this asset was to pay off the debt so that they could successfully get a divorce. Well, we went into the situation and the property was owned in a trust. And so this was the only asset in that family trust. And so what we did is we created, instead of two board seats, which was the husband and the wife, we created three more board seats. There's five board seats and I controlled three, the husband and wife controlled two, gave us full control of the trust. And then we uh, gave them something like, I think it was $700,000. So more than they would have netted, uh, but not as much as we would have to pay if we bought the property outright. So we got a discount. They got more money in their pocket. We controlled the asset and then we signed a, um, an option and recorded it for $1. That means I could buy the, I could buy the property outright out of the trust for $1 and we recorded that. So long story short is we got full control, operational control of the asset. And the reason that we did all of this was to keep the existing Fannie Mae loan in place. By the way, we didn't, we didn't go around Fannie Mae. We submitted all this stuff to Fannie Mae and got it approved. And Fannie Mae said, clearly we're trying to avoid paying the prepayment penalty. But the way that we structured it, it was, uh, it, they, they approved it and everything was uh, kosher. And we continued, it was basically the best all-inclusive trust deed or subject to deal uh, you could possibly do with a trust layer, with an option. So kind of like a all-inclusive trust deed with an option and a, and a lease and a, I mean, all these kind of things going on all at one place. And I think um, the, the best compliment I got was my, one of my partners, um, name is Greg, and he, is, he has a Harvard uh, MBA. And he says, Matt, that was the most uh, creative real estate scheme, he called it. I said, Greg, this is not a scheme. We got it approved by the bank. He says, that was, that was pretty impressive uh, little scheme you put together there. I said, well, thank you very much. Everybody won. And that's the key to the creative real estate finance. Everybody has to win. And, okay. and, we, like, and we like to win big. I love it. I completely agree. I have one question. Did you syndicate that deal or do you own it by yourself? Syndicated. How much equity did you have to raise? Was it just a 700? We did a couple hundred thousand extra for uh, renovations. Great. Awesome. And do you still own that today? No. We sold uh, most of our stuff in Texas uh, over the last couple of years ago or okay. over the last couple of years. Well, that certainly is creative. And I love that you're always thinking of how do I find a way? How do I find a way? How do we make this happen? Most people, I think you know this too, most people will be like too complicated, never going to happen. Someone's going to lose, but you made sure everybody won. So thanks for going over that. I, if you're okay with it, I can use how to marry rich for the book that you'd recommend, or did you have another one in mind? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I have a book at dealmakerbook.com. It's free, but it's, um, and I wrote this book that is all about how to be a dealmaker. Now there's some stories in there. There's the story I just told in that book, but it's really not about real estate. It's about who you need to become in order to make deals and get paid. Because I think that's the number one thing that like trainers and gurus miss is they'll teach you all the tips and tricks on how to do the mechanics of a deal, but they don't teach you how to sell, how to market, how to be a, a great negotiator, you know, how to create systems or even have financial intelligence. And so that's what the book's about is those five pillars of marketing, sales, negotiation, uh, systems, and financial intelligence. So it's, it's, uh, for your guests, it's 
uh, to the podcast. It's free. Matt, I haven't yet read that book. I wish I could say that I had, but I'm going to order it. And I'll tell you a couple reasons why I'm going to order it. One is because I think I'm going to give it away to a lot of people. And here's why. I was at a networking event just this last Saturday morning. And when I was at this networking event, I was pointed out as the multifamily guru of Denver. And so three or four couples came up to me and they said, how do you do it? How do you do it? We're, we're, we're taking these coaching lessons. We're taking this. And I sat there and I literally stopped, paused and said, you know what? If all you do is do what one of these coaches tells you, if the only thing you do is that, and we're specifically talking about Dave Lindahl, and this isn't a bash or a promotion in any way. It's, it's nothing. It's just part of a story. Dave Lindahl has 220,000 students and probably about two or 300 of them are making deals. So it's less than 1%. That is a very small fraction of the people that have the knowledge, but they can't do it. And it's exactly what you're talking about in your book, dealmakerbook.com, right? Dealmakerbook.com. Dealmakerbook.com. It's, it's this out-of-box stuff that I started talking to these guys and I said, you have to brand yourself. If you're going to be, you have to find a way to be with a hundred people and have the person up front calling you out as the expert in this field without asking them, without paying them. When you find out how to hack that system, <laughs> that's when you know you're going to be successful. Not, you don't even technically, I don't even have to know all of the ins and outs of real estate because I know how to partner with the best of the best of the best and to give them a win-win just like you're talking. So I'm probably going to buy a few of your books or get them for free, whatever the situation is. And I'm going to give them away to people because I really like what you're, what you have coming out there. Um, where were you five years ago and where will you be five years from today? Oh, good, good, good question. Um, Five years ago, we were, um, I was doing basically all of it myself. I was uh, running the real estate show, the clubs. I was uh, starting to experiment with social media marketing. Um, and I was, I was finding the deals, talking to sellers, raising the money. Like I would literally find a deal and then shut everything down and just bang on the phones for two weeks and raise money. And so uh, over the last couple of years, we've been scaling. And now I have a sales team that raises capital. I have an acquisitions team that finds deals. Uh, we have an accounting department that makes sure everybody gets paid on time. And, uh, and we're scaling. And that's, that's a whole other set of skill sets to layer on. And it's been, it's been challenging to, to learn the scale. Um, so five years from now, um, you know, we'll go from $200 million under assets under management. And we'll be a billion-dollar operation. Uh, an assets under management uh, in uh, in five years from now. Great, a billion dollars under management. That's probably the biggest goal or destination that anyone's ever said on the podcast so far. Appreciate you mentioning that. And how do you give back? Oh man, well I love to teach. I mean, it's really my passion. Uh, I love. I, I literally came from digging ditches. I came from a construction family, and I I'm on a I'm an evangelist. I'll be honest with you. I am an evangelist about financial freedom because if a guy who barely graduated from high school, who worked in construction, digging ditches can start a business and build a billion dollar uh, empire 
and, and get financially free by investing in $5,000 seminar really comes down to, I mean, there are no $5,000 seminars anymore. That just shows like back then nobody had seminars so they could charge a fortune for this stuff. Um, now everybody teaches it for free on podcasts and stuff. So you don't get that kind of money, uh, which is good. It's good for the market. Um, they, um, I mean, I just love to teach it and I want people to know that there's a better way than being shackled to a job and, and being a prisoner to, you know, limiting beliefs. And so when people can break through the mindset and really, you know, grab the red pill and, and escape the matrix, it's a whole different ball game. And so, you know, real estate's just one uh, technique inside of that. It's a, it's a path, it's an avenue, but it really comes down to, I just, I love to teach people how to become better. And it's all about who you need to be in order to do and have the things that you want in your life. A lot of great information. You mentioned earlier that you were at Harvard Business, Harvard University at the business school, teaching people how to syndicate deals. And you mentioned that there was a video out on you. Where do the listeners find that? Great question. So it's actually be at mattskinnerinvestments.com. I believe there's a copy of it a link to it on dealmakerbook.com as well. The link we already gave out. Um, and then our YouTube channel is Matt Skinner Investments. And um, there's a couple of videos on there um, that you can check out. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I went through that, book, that whole deal and broke it down, drew the pizza pie chart <laughs> and, uh, and explained how, how we did it. Did you get any investors from that classroom? No, they're all broke, man. They spend all their money. <laughs> they pay all their money for books and tuition. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I, I got a lot of investors. I mean, so if I could tell the story real quick, Please. I call my I call my mom, my mom when I first get asked by Harvard to come speak, and you know I, I never set foot in a college, let alone you know go to Harvard. And I call my mom and said, "Mom, Harvard invited me to come out and and uh, and speak." And she says, oh, my God, that's so far. Are they going to pay you? Or I said, no, they're not going to pay me. And she's like, well, why not? Are they going to pay for your flight at least? And I'm like, Mom, it's Harvard. <laughs> when they call and tell, ask you to speak, you just go. <laughs> like presidents and stuff went there. So uh, that, that was really just kind of – I love my mom. Bob, I love you. But the mindset is, you know, I knew that that video was and, – and having the promotional value of that, just a, such an honor to go – and to be able to um, uh, share the video with, with, uh, with investors. It's, again, adding the credibility just like your podcast does for you and, and being the, um, the authority in your marketplace. Love it. A lot of good info. And so along the same lines, they can find your book at dealmakerbook.com. They can find this video and along with other things at Matt Skinner, double N-E-R, investments, plural, dot com. Is that right? Yes. How else can they find you if they, if they wanted to pick your brain? Oh, man. Uh, Facebook, we have a group. Uh, it's a Financial Freedom Network on Facebook. And I think that's probably where we started hanging out or, uh, or your group uh, on Facebook. And um, uh, anywhere inside of that, the websites all have information on, on getting in touch. Uh, we run a, a training program on how to buy multifamily real estate. And... Um, and I've got deal makers all over the United States and Canada who bring us great opportunities to buy. So it's, it's powerful. It's, it's a great synergy, you know? Love it. 
I've actually met a few of the people that are in your deal maker society and they couldn't speak more highly of you. Uh, so you're very well respected in everything that you're doing. I appreciate you coming on. Be honored to bring you back. Absolutely. But until next time, Matt Skinner, think outside the box. As always, thank you for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. This is Adam Adams with a reminder that any deal that we share on this podcast is for accredited investors only. However, if you want to raise money with us, you can always be a part of one of our deals. We do have that 400 plus unit that's in Atlanta, Georgia, just a hot, hot market that we're excited to be closing. And I want you to close it with us. So if you want to raise money with us, or if you're passive, you want to join and be a part of these 400 plus doors, would love to have you. And as always, leave us a five-star rating and review and get one of these happiness is passive cash flow mugs.